TCU basketball is a great opportunity to make a run in the Big 12 tournament. We'll talk about it next on Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Locked On Horn Excuse me, Locked On Horn Frogs. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever it is you get your podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. And yesterday's show, uh, when I recorded, I had just found out that Eddie Lampkin was stepping away from the TCU basketball team. Um, he went on to post some things on social media that were, I guess, pretty disturbing from the standpoint of the allegations were, were serious. Um, there were allegations of mistreatment by Coach Dixon, allegations of racial remarks that were made. Now, since that happened, Eddie has deleted his Instagram, and I'll let you make of that what you want. I, I think... You know, it, that could go a lot of different ways, but um, I'm really curious to see how the team responds tonight. I think that's going to tell us a lot about where they are mentally, what their perspective is on this, fair or unfair. I just feel like the effort and energy they bring to the floor at the T-Mobile Center at 8.30 when they take on Kansas State will be pretty telling of where the team stands with the coaching staff and sort of where they are moving forward into the postseason. Now, you look at this on the surface and you think, playing in the toughest conference in basketball tournament, you know, potentially three games in three days. If you go all the way, just lost one of your better players. That has to be a steep uphill climb for TCU. But I think there's a great opportunity to make a run. Um, you know, conference tournaments are always sort of fascinating. For the teams at the top, there's not necessarily a ton of incentive to go on a big-time run. Now, I think the Big 12 is slightly different because it's not as much of a gauntlet. I mean – the teams that are automatically in the quarterfinals, which is your top, uh, your top six, they're. I mean, it's it's three games in three days. Like that's not an insane amount of workload, even going in to the biggest part of your season with the NCAA tournament following up. But on TCU side of the bracket, play K State tonight. It'll be a tough matchup. I expect a huge K State contingent in the crowd because it's there in Kansas City. Uh, but even still, they beat. The Wildcats pretty soundly at home this year. Um, got worked over when they went to Manhattan, but that was without Mike Miles. Lampkin played some, but he was clearly hobbled. And, I mean, this is a team under Jerome Tang that's had a really nice turnaround, but they have also been prone to inconsistency. So I feel like there is a path to victory tonight if TCU comes out and plays and, and well and gives their best effort. Uh, if you win that game, then you get the winner of Oklahoma State and Texas. And those are two other teams that you've beaten this year. You know, I think Texas is, is solid, but they're not just an overwhelming group that um, has destroyed people game in and game out. And Oklahoma State will – I mean, they're fighting. They probably they probably made the NCAA tournament last night by beating Oklahoma. But, you know, I, I just – I feel like it's going to be tough for them. That will be their third game in a row, third day in a row playing. Um, if they upset Texas tonight and they face TCU in the semifinals, then that would be a favorable matchup for the Frogs. And then finally, if you make the title game, I mean, who cares really who you play? Potentially Kansas, maybe Baylor. The Baylor-Iowa State game is going on right now. Baylor's up 52-46. Jalen Bridges having a huge game for the Bears. But I've had some perspective, and I've had some time to think about this, and it's what this means. Obviously, at face value, it looks really bad. 
Eddie leaving the team in the middle of the season, leaving the team right before postseason starts. But I will say, I mean, they've navigated a lot of games this year without him because of injuries. And I, I talked about this yesterday. This is a fork in the road for this group, and it can go either way. Either they rally around each other and they say, okay, let's go play and let's just block out these distractions. And maybe if um, if this was becoming a, a distraction on the team, then maybe there's sort of a sigh of relief. Of, okay, we can move forward with this now. Or, I mean, you just you you get down dis, you know disenchanted and down hard about what happened um, and you don't bring great energy and great effort tonight. And then who knows what happens in the NCAA tournament. But there's a really good opportunity for TCU. Bill Self is not coaching tonight for Kansas. He's dealing with an unidentified illness. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he'll get healthy. Um, but, you know, Kansas, if they make the title game, that's obviously a really tough out. TCU beat them in Allen Fieldhouse, but that was months ago. But if you make it to the title game, I mean, I think you just you call that good and you see what happens. You roll the ball up there and you see what happens. Um, when you face off against whoever it is on Saturday. I think the side of the bracket they are on, though, is really favorable. And if they come out with their head on straight and play well, then there's a good opportunity for them to make the title game this weekend, which would be a huge step forward for this program. Because, yeah, is it the biggest deal in the world? No, but it's something they've never done before. And so it would be really cool to see them get there and hopefully would give them some good momentum going into the NCAA tournament. But they have not played well in Kansas City lately. Um, typically have been bounced pretty quickly. I did want to share briefly, and you can always comment on YouTube. You can also tweet at me, at Simcox Steven, um, what our fans think about what's going on. And some people commented and were wondering about the Eddie situation. Um, Tommy Fisher said, I love Eddie. He's been so good to TCU, probably our biggest cheerleader. Um, he's not buying the, the racial comment, but he thinks that he's hurting and wish he didn't have to go through that. Um, and he thinks if he takes some time to think about things, then he might have a different perspective. He also said that Eddie, um, you know, had a lack of production and he might be humbled if he went into the portal. Uh, so a lot of points there. I, I think first off, it's really hard to like, we don't know, we don't know what happened. And so I'm not going to comment on the allegations because I don't have any insight to them. And I think, if, if there's any sort of investigation, or even if there isn't, we'll find out more details later. But I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. Um, obviously, it's a hefty accusation that Eddie made. And now he went on to go ahead and delete that. Um, he deleted his whole Instagram profile. So I'm not really sure where that stands or what, or what to make of that. But it's unfortunate that he's leaving the team. It's obviously really unfortunate timing. And yeah, I think if Eddie went in the portal, I would be really curious to see what the what the reaction would be. I kind of agree with you, Tommy. I'm not sure. Like somebody was mentioning Houston the other day, and all due respect, I'm like, why would Houston go after Eddie Lampkin? Man, I think Eddie's a good player. I think he can do a lot of good things. But I feel like the main thing that he brings is energy and effort. He's that kind of guy. Uh, and obviously, he really blended into the TCU. Like he came in and has. Um, done a really good job of supporting CCU athletics and beca has become a really popular guy on campus. And I'm really sad to see him go because I think he's a fun, just a fun dude. He really committed to transforming his body and, and turning himself into a, a good basketball player. Um, but he's not a dominant big man from an offensive standpoint. He's a good rebounder. He's had some good games in his career. I think he brings a really good presence to the floor, but um 
I would agree with you. I just I feel like if he went in the portal, there would be suitors, but I don't think it would just be people lining up saying, "Man, please, please let me um, get Eddie on my team." But I could be wrong about that. I mean, I, I'm not trying to criticize or disparage the guy. I think he's a good basketball player, and I feel like he brings a lot to the table on and off the floor. Um, I'm just not sure that there would be, you know, a ton of really, really good Power Five programs that would be interested. But he's obviously been a starter on a team that you know, went two rounds deep last year, has a chance to make a run this year. And when he's fully healthy and fully engaged, I said this, I think he's a really good player and probably the biggest aspect of his game, uh, the biggest plus to his game is his passing ability. So um, I wish him the best if he moves on. And I think he'll land somewhere and I think he can be do a good job. But uh, it, it just seems like both parties needed to move forward and sort of in that relationship. And it's sad that, you know, it, it seems like it's ended in a, in a bad way for, for everybody involved. When we come back, I want to uh, discuss the Pac-12 and some realignment news that's going on currently. Before we do that, though, FanDuel. NCAA tournament's coming up. NBA playoffs are around the corner as well. FanDuel, they have a, a safe and secure app that you can download. You can also go to FanDuel.com slash on and participate in their no-sweat first bet deal. If you put as little as $5 down, and a wager, then you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Again, that's no sweat first bet at fanduel.com slash locked on. Uh, there's plenty of things that you can wager on, money lines, just you know who wins the game, the spread, the, the typical sort of um, most, most known things, but also there's parlays, there's tons of prop bets. You can bet on things as specific as who's going to hit the first two threes in a game, in an NBA game, in a uh, college basketball game. FanDuel, download the app today. Uh, it's where the game starts. They're the official betting partner of the NBA. If you've been sitting there for years just thinking, man, this has been a uh, – I love sports. I want – you know, this is a great hobby of mine. I, I know so much. Why don't you start making some money off it today by using FanDuel. Again, FanDuel, they're a proud sponsor of the Lockdown Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so uh, in the midst of everything going on with college basketball and the NCAA tournament, college baseball started up, we're also in the middle of the offseason for football where we see a lot of movement on TV contracts, where we see a lot of movement on realignment. And since... USC and UCLA have left for the Big Ten. They haven't left yet, but they've announced that they'll be leaving. The Pac-12 has been in a really vulnerable position. Uh, George Kalikoff has been scrambling, trying to get a deal done. It has not gotten done, and I think there's, for the first time in a while, there's some real juice to the idea that the Pac-12 could be kind of falling apart. Um, to, uh, the Big 12 is reportedly making contact with the, the four corner schools like Arizona, Arizona State, trying to Utah and Colorado, trying to find a way to see if maybe they'd be interested to gauge what their interest would be. Um, in the meantime, the Pac-12 is working with different entities, namely one of them being Apple TV Plus, 
ESPN trying to find a media rights deal that would come in uh, above or close to what the Big 12 got, which was about $31 million per school. And the Pac-12 is is still working in negotiations um, for expansion. They're trying to poach teams. The Big 12 is actively looking to poach teams. Brett Yormark said earlier this week at the Big 12 tournament, he had a, some media availability that he's actively been talking with Gonzaga about joining as a basketball-only school. Brett really seems to think that there is money to be made in the basketball world. Uh, Fox is going to become a a TV partner with basketball in the Big 12 soon. Fox is currently doing a lot with the Big East and Big 10 when it comes to basketball. And I said this when um, Texas and OU left. It might not be the most profitable thing in the world, but one thing the Big 12 could do with everything sort of shuffling around is the conference is so good in basketball and losing Texas hurts that a little bit. Losing Oklahoma doesn't really hurt at all. Um, but they're the premier conference in basketball in the country. And would they sort of brand themselves as the place to be for basketball as a basketball conference? Now it's kind of crazy to think that way because Texas is such a football heavy state. And so is Oklahoma. Of course, there's more, you know, kind of national feel now with some of the expansion that they've done. The Big East did that, and I, I would say it hasn't been super successful, but the Big 12 has good football programs to go along with what they could do from a basketball standpoint. And so I'm not like over the moon about adding Gazaga. I think there's uh, some potential there. And you could also add some other basketball heavy schools, like maybe St. John's has been thrown out there, Villanova. There's some potential at a few more schools and create like a basketball mega conference. Um, and maybe that does bring some revenue to the table that's untapped. That's really the key here for these commissioners. They're trying to find like what are the streams of revenue that are not being um, hit right now because the the TV rights bubble is sort of starting to crumble a little bit. Networks are finding out like maybe we should be more selective about the live sports that we select instead of just throwing money at anything and everything that's live sports related uh, because it's good content. And I, I think this is a really good time for the Big 12 to make their sell. I don't know what the Pac-12 is going to end up with. Um, John Wilner, who is a Pac-12 writer, has said that you know they're, they're still hopeful on the West Coast that they'll get a deal done. But the longer this goes into March, into the month of March, um, the more concerning it gets from a Pac-12 perspective because athletic directors, presidents, all these decision makers are going to get more and more uneasy and start to think, okay, when is this happening? You say that this is happening, when it's going to happen. And the Big 12, because they swooped in and got a deal done before the Pac-12 did, they really put that conference in a tough situation because uh, – you know, these TV marketers are looking at things and saying, well, why should we give you more money than the Big 12 when you're not bringing powerhouse schools to the table? I mean, you're sort of similar. It's just in a different location. And really the only thing the Pac-12 can hang their hat on right now is the the idea of that fourth TV window, that 9.30 Central time, 10.30 Eastern time, you're, you know, coming, you're, you're trying to sober up from a day of, of college football watching or you've had a long day of college football watching, and you're like, okay, I can fall asleep to Arizona State and Utah at 9.30 on ESPN. I can sort of have that on in the background as I wind down the day. 
And so it, it continues to look like the Big 12 is in a really good position moving forward from a realignment standpoint as we watch what the Pac-12 can do with their uh, media market. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. All right, TCU baseball back at it tomorrow night uh, at home against the University of San Diego. San Diego has played a really tough schedule. They've played a lot of good teams this year. Ryan Vanderhei will get the start on Saturday. Um, it, it's tough to get sweeps in baseball, but, I mean, I think this is one where TCU needs to find a way. Obviously, it'd take at least two out of three, but a sweep would be really helpful. Um, San Diego coming in at 5-6-1. and one. They had a tie against Nebraska. I'm guessing that was a travel day situation. They played Nebraska. They played Oregon. They played Oregon State. Now they're coming to take on the Frogs on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchup. Hopefully the team will be ready to rock after a disappointing loss to UTA um, on Tuesday night. And we'll have plenty of coverage of TCU basketball. Regardless of what happens uh, tonight against K-State, we'll be ready to, to rock and roll and recap that game as well. This is Locked on Horn Frogs.